This is the Spapreneur Podcast, episode 158. Today's episode is brought to you by Demented Ramona. <laughs> to be fair, she has very tiny humans and they're around a lot. You can't listen to uh, our show. Hello. So I've not been listening to things because even if I listen, I probably won't remember. <laughs> there is nothing relaxing about owning a day spa. Serious spa owners know that being in the spa business isn't for the week. And the lesson in this was I didn't follow my own advice. This is the Spapreneur Podcast with Ramona Rice and Lynn Graves. She is the main owner of the company. I am the COO. I get to be emotional. Right. I don't. Spapreneurs. Okay. I am going to warn you that this episode might get technical and it might be where you're thinking, oh my God, did she bring on someone who's speaking Klingon or like things I don't understand? Or here's the other thing you may deal with. You'd be, you'd be like, I think I know this because I read like a free article somewhere about this and I have my own Google ads and I do fine. And, you know, I know about SEO and really you're probably using stuff that we all learned like 10 years ago. Um, things like, you know, hey, put links in weird places in your website and you'll get more traffic that way. I doubt very much that's the way this works anymore because Google is constantly changing. And this is one of those areas, spapreneurs, where you could choose to be an expert in CEO or you could choose to be an expert in like the body. Because our expert here today is an expert in SEO and how to get your business out there in the digital landscape, because let's face it, that's where you need to be. So batter up. Let's go. It is Jared Spiewak from Comet Fuel. Jared, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So, all right, let's just get to brass tacks because it has been a long time since I have actually thought about SEO. Search engine optimization. That's still true, right? It's still called search engine optimization. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay, that hasn't changed. I feel like every five seconds it changes. Am I wrong? <laughs> um, I, you're not wrong at all. So in 2018, I think this is the only time to my knowledge that Google actually released this information. Uh, but I believe it was for 2018. They alleged that they made over 3,000 changes to their algorithms, which equates to over three changes per day. Wow. Now, granted, a lot of those changes are very small, but yes, they are quite literally constantly changing. Okay. Why is this topic so important in marketing? Because I feel like we all hear about it. Like we all, if we're doing like blog posts or like this podcast, I have the Yoast, you know, um, what you call it, that the plugin where you put in the stuff and they're like, it claims to help SEO. And I'm like, I don't know how this does it. I'm just going to feel, or like we put like, you know, alternate text on our pictures on our website. And it, again, if I just said alternate text, you don't know what we're, I'm talking about. Dear Spapreneurs, this is what you're going to do. You're going to pause this episode. You're going to go to spapreneur.com forward slash EP158. That's the number. And you're just going to click on the link to Jared's company, Comet Fuel, and you're going to hire them. Because I will say this, investing in great web and people who understand that background will be one of the best investments you can make in your business, period. And I want to be very clear. Jared, am I a client of your company? As of right now, no. No, I like when you said as of right now, um, am I being compensated to have you on the show at all? Not that I'm aware of. I, I don't think so either. So this is me just telling y'all, take the time, get your notebook out, write it out. But if it seems to complicate it, 
That's the sign that this is not your zone of genius. And as a smart CEO, you're going to outsource this to someone at Commonfield. Okay, let's get brass tacks. SEO, what does it stand for? Why do we need it? Why is it important? Sure. So SEO, as you mentioned, stands for search engine optimization. Technically, this involves any sort of search engine, any sort of system that you put questions into, you get a response back. I'll be specifically talking about Google, but technically there is SEO. If you were to go on Twitter and do a search for a tweet, technically you could optimize for that. But Google is primarily what people care about. And it has, in terms of actual uh, mainstream search engines, general search engines, a like 95 or 97% market share. So it's really the only one that matters. Uh, now, in terms of what it is in a less technical sense, it's when you Google something and anything you see that is not an ad is SEO, whether you're looking at Google search, Google images, videos, shopping, any of those tabs on Google, if it is not an ad, it is produced through SEO. Got it. Okay. So if it's not an ad and the ad is paid and that is known as paid per click, right? An ad or PPC. Yes. And I, you mean, be careful with saying Google. It just set off my Google phone. Oh no. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm <laughs> going to move why I have this Apple. Up. Yeah. Poor Google. Yeah. If I were to do this at my house. So I have like literally a Google home in every, like, like if we keep going, Hey Google, like right now, all of them are announcing. I'm so sorry, everybody, <laughs> but it's true. Cause we have like my husband, he's a big Google fan. Like I'm mm -hmm. an Apple person. So we are inner, inner, you know, <laughs> I don't know what to call it inner systems marriage here. Um, but <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I like the closed system. He likes the open system. So we have Google homes everywhere in our household. And I totally get that. So yeah. So anything that is a paid ad, because we hear a lot about Google ads and how effective they, and they, let's be honest between you and me, I feel like they can be if they're done correctly. 100%. It's uh, it's actually funny. I won't spend too much time on this unless you want to, but I was a, I've was been doing SEO for just under 10 years. As of next February, it'll be 10 years. I got started uh, quite young and early on in it. And for a very long time, uh, my background is marketing. I went to school for marketing. I did corporate marketing for a bit. And I was pretty adamantly against paid ads for a long time once I learned kind of SEO. And then I studied ads pretty heavily for about uh, two years before we offered it as a service. And then after that, we started offering it as, as a service. So yes, I come from the background of really being adamantly against it and then studying it and figuring out that, oh, you know, it isn't this evil as I thought it was. Uh, so yes. <laughs> See, and I actually appreciate that because for my brick and mortar day spa, um, it's De-Stress Express for anybody who wants to Google it right now. Um, and by the way, you know they have market share when the actual adjective for search is I need to Google that and you're on Bing Googling it. <laughs> um, because again, here's, so I'm going to tell a real fun story. Um, so my husband, who's a big Google supporter, Bing's everything. I'm like, really? He goes, well, you have points from Microsoft. I'm like, there's something wrong with you. Um, anyway, so, but yeah, so we've always done organic, organic, but we got lucky. We started Jared in 1996. We had a website by, you know, 1998. So we've had that kind of structure within Google and we've always constantly like added. And then we play the system of, we make sure we do lots of Google testimonials and, you know, we really play in Google's sandbox. I feel like that's the first thing if you want to do organic SEO is making sure you're utilizing all of the Google tools that are available to business owners. I would say that's a, that's a pretty fair assessment. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, when anybody needs anything, the first thing that you do is you Google it or you ask somebody. Those are That's really how anybody finds anything anymore. They either uh, Google it, they YouTube it, which is also owned by Google, or they just ask somebody that they know. So in terms of actual marketing, besides a word of mouth, uh, you need to be visible on Google. That's where the vast majority of 
people who do not already know that you exist or have not already made up their mind that you are the business that they want to uh, work with will be searching on Google. So if you don't show up at all, then technically you're not even an option for them to choose because they're not even seeing that you exist. And is it true that you really want to get that front page, that first page of search status? Because I, me personally, Jared, I don't remember the last time with the exception of maybe back when I was in college, oh, so many years ago, <laughs> going to the next page of Google. Yeah. So this is, this is a bit of a multi-layered answer. It's a simple question, less simple answer, because the, when you Google something, how Google looks can be different depending on the type of search that you input. Sometimes you'll see no ads. Sometimes you'll see four ads up top. Sometimes there'll be what's called a featured snippet when you see that answer box that'll just give you a paragraph of text in its own like style box. That's technically position zero. Um, you'll sometimes see Google Maps if you search for something that's local. If it has a mixed intent, sometimes you'll see a couple organic listings and then the Google Maps and then more organic listings or sometimes there'll be videos or images embedded in there. So the way that Google actually looks can be a little bit different different. But as a general rule of thumb, yes, basically no one goes on the second page. But even then, most people don't scroll down to the second half of the first page. Now, when we're talking about local, which basically everybody who is listening is dealing in local search, most people aren't even clicking on organic anymore. Most people will be clicking on maps. If you had the choice to be number four on Google Maps, which is where somebody has to click on see more businesses before they'll even see you. So they technically have to go to a different page to see you. Or you can be number three or four on organic, you'll, which is the non-Google Maps side of things, those blue links that we're all familiar with. Then I would probably choose being number four on Maps where somebody has to do an additional click just to see me than having someone to scroll down because they're less likely to do that. It's going to be different for some people, but in my experience, that tends to be true. Okay. So this made me really happy. So I went ahead and just typed in Google um, massage in Newport News, Virginia, because that's where, I, where my business is. And the first listing, it, it did the map. The first listing is misogyny and it says an ad and right under it is us. And what's great is that um, we have way higher review rating than they do 20 plus years in business. Because again, we utilize the Google Marketplace app so much. Like I send regular content there. I send regular reviews there. Um, we send links to people once they're done um, buying from us. Reviews to please review us on Google. Like we've really invested in Google. And this is all the organic stuff. We haven't even talked about like the opportunities for paid. So I definitely agree with this. This is like, I cannot tell you, Jared, how many times I have said something, oh, we, we found you on Google. We found you on the internet. And when I hear they found us on the internet, I know it's Google. Exactly. And just to, uh, for anybody else who also just opened up their browser and did a search, go into incognito. There are a couple of things that can be a little bit misleading, especially when it comes to local, is that there is one factor, which is, well, for organic and local and anything, if you visit your website on your normal browser, you've access, accessed it before, you've clicked on it from Google, it's more likely to show up higher for you because Google uses personalization within search results, which means what you see and what somebody else sees can be different on Google for the same exact search at the same exact time. And one extra complication is proximity. So for Google Maps, and you know, if it's a nice day out uh, for whoever's listening, wherever you are in the world, go to, an, go to an area, downtown, wherever it might be, where there's a high concentration of a certain type of business. It doesn't matter what kind of business. For me, this would be law firms, right? You know, 
10 minutes away, there's a massive cluster of law firms all right next to each other. So I did a search for law firms for the type of law firm that it was. And every block, I would just reload the same exact search on my phone. And I would watch who was ranking change based on the block that I was standing in. Because on mobile, Google uses your actual GPS coordinates, your longitude and latitude to determine what search results to give you. Where on desktop, they'll use your zip code, which is usually as close as they can get to your actual location. Um, and that will be used to personalize local results to you because proximity is a factor. So there's also that nuance if we wanted to get a little technical. No, I think that's great. I had no idea. I, I, it would never dawn on me. But just so you know, incognito window, when I typed a massage in New Produce Unit, we still came up number one. There was no ad at that <laughs> point. So yay. <laughs> so yay me. But but again, we've been working on it for a long time. So but I love the idea of this whole because again, you know, search is local when it comes to local businesses. And every person that's literally listening to this right now is a local business owner. So let's say that they aren't like, because the way the pages right now, and again, I'm on a MacBook, but I'm looking at, at Google and it's like, there's the map, there's all the stuff. And then it's like, there's us, there's one other piece. Of, and then I could see like the name of another thing if I don't scroll down and that's it. So, um, because of that, like, how do you get to the, the second or third or the first, because especially when you have like chain spas, like massage envy, for example, and they have a huge ad buy, you know, and they do, they have an entire corporation behind them with people professionally doing SEO. Like how does the little guy compete? Yeah. So this is one of the, uh, challenges for, you know, small businesses in general is that you usually have fewer resources. You usually have a uh, less uh, technical knowledge in-house as well. So depending on your situation, sometimes you can't start off by going after the most lucrative term you're going after. This is called going after the long tail or going after those lesser competitive, less searched for terms, starting with those, building up your, you know, quote unquote, SEO equity, if you will. And let's just say you're making uh, an extra $700 in profit per month from that SEO, and then you're reinvesting 500 of that, to, and now you have a little bit more of a budget to compete with some more competitive terms, and then you're making more off of that. And over time, you just essentially use the snowball effect to start off fairly small and gain traction over time. Because if you were starting a, an e-commerce company, you wouldn't compete head-to-head -head with Amazon you will lose. They could crush you without even noticing a change in their P&L. You would start off by looking at the other direct competitors or the areas of the market where Amazon doesn't have a strong grasp on and focus there and then build up over time. And then eventually you're that household brand name as well. So sometimes if you're a small player in a very large pond, if you're in a major metro area, you're probably not uh, necessarily going to be competing head-to-head -head against the biggest competitors out of the gate day one. If you're in a smaller area or in an area that is less uh, tech-friendly where a lot of people aren't investing in their online marketing, then you're going to have a much higher chance. So if you're in a competitive area, you might be starting for the long tail, those less commonly searched for terms uh, rather than those direct terms. That might be a niche service that you offer that maybe not everybody does, that not, not everybody promotes uh, exceedingly uh, heavily, or it could be uh, you, uh, there's another name for maybe you're on the border between two different locations and you're based in the bigger location, but there's a small uh, suburb right next to you. That's only a couple minutes away that if you also rank for that suburb, you're close enough that, you know, they'll take the extra two minutes outside of that technical boundary to go to your location still. Okay. Love this. And I even wrote down, I think the first 
key thing with this whole like topic right there is understand realistically who your actual customers are in the digital space. So again, if you are a one room massage studio, esthetician, nail shop, you cannot and we will not be able to successfully compete at the start with a massage envy. Um, and that's not mean to massage envy. It's just a sheer fact. It does not mean to you. But what you can do, it sounds like, Jared, and I love the fact that you said the niche thing. If you're known, for example, like doing um, a certain nail technique, like the like the dipping or a certain skincare technique, or you're tied to a certain skincare brand that's really well known that nobody in your area has, those may be the terms you go for, not necessarily just a general facial in whatever locality you are. Exactly. Okay. So we've got that kind of understood. And again, when you and I are talking about, because I can guarantee there's a few and they're like, well, okay, that's great. Where do we put this information? I believe you put this information first and foremost on your website, correct? Yes. So with this could easily be a, a 10 hour conversation. So I'll try to keep it as top level while also being as helpful as possible. But if you're someone who's like, okay, great. You know, I do want to, you know, dive deeper, go on Google and there's a million and one articles that'll teach you the basics. Um, it's so if you do want to dive deeper, by all means. Um, but at a very high level, there are two things. There is your on-site, which is everything that happens on your website, and there is your off-site. Everything that happens off your website. You'll also hear on-page, on-site. They're interchangeable. Off-page, off-site. So what happens on your website is you can think of this as your foundation. This tells Google what you should rank for. If you provide a service that you don't mention on your website, there's no way that Google is going to know that you, that you do that. There is no information to tie you to that. So what is on your website sets that foundation. And it tells Google what you should rank for. The offsite tells Google why you should rank for it. And this is a lot of things are heavily debated in the SEO world, but this is why Google is what it is today. Google was the first search engine to ever consider backlinks or other websites linking to you within their ranking algorithm. This is why Google took off because it wasn't just everybody saying, hey, look how awesome I am and just basically stuffing their website with keywords and then ranking that way is Google looked at, well, what are other people saying about you? And you can think of this like votes. Right. If other people are voting for your business saying that this is a good business, you're probably going to show up and be more recognized than other businesses who just simply do not get as many votes or not as votes for more notable people, which would be you know, stronger websites. And so the offsite tells Google why you should rank for what you put on your website. Now, both of those have are umbrella terms in and of themselves with dozens to hundreds, depending who you ask, thousands of different ranking factors. But those are the two most fundamental things is that tell, be pretty explicit on your website by telling Google where you are, what it is that you do, maybe even a little bit of information on how you do it, uh, especially if you get those uh, kind of those niche terms in there, like the types of products that you use, because if somebody searches for your type of business that uses a specific brand of product, because maybe they prefer that brand of product being used, uh, you know, used with them. If you don't mention that on your website, Google's not going to know to show you for that very specific search. So on your website tells Google what you should rank for off of your website tells Google why you should rank for it. I love this. Okay. So on your website, you have total control of what you put on there. So I love this. You basically say, don't be a secret agent is what I used to tell realtors. I used to work with about this, but same thing. Don't be a secret massage therapist. Like if you really specialize in like deep tissue and you specialize in a certain type of individual, this is why I say, know your ideal client, know your avatar. And again, don't necessarily still put the modality. So for example, there's a really cool massage out there, Derek called cranial sacral. I don't know if I'm going to massage. Have you ever had a professional massage? Maybe we'll start there. No, I 
don't <gasps> like being touched. <laughs> okay, well then that would not be that would not be the thing for you. But then here's the thing: we have things like so. Example: so let's say you want to go after the Jareds of the world who don't like to be touched. There are these things called float pods where you're completely by yourself. You shower and then you float in like a saltwater tank. Okay, so you could even say the relaxation technique where you no human will touch you. And that would be interesting to you. You'd be like, yes, I would like to know more about that. Right. <laughs> and that's how you do it. So, so, and trust me, there are spa services for you, Jared, if you, we can find them for you, I promise. But anyway, uh, but let's say you do like getting touch and there's a cool um, one where the client doesn't even really have to take off their clothes. They just lie there and the the therapist barely touches them. It's called craniosacral. But what they're doing is that they're actually massaging the, the, the nervous system is the best way I can describe it. But that craniosacral word, a lot of clients will not, they don't know how to spell it, number one, but they're not going to Google it. So instead, I am a big believer, y'all, in in putting the results that the client should expect to get from the session on your website, not just the term. Because too many of you are relying on like specialized modalities, which are fantastic, but they're not known outside of our world. So notice how Jarrett too, he was very specific about how he described the you know on and off site kind of thing, and he used very small words. He did not pull out his cranial sacral words. So make sure you're doing that too. Like meet your clients where they are and they're going to be Googling things like headache for massage, massage for headaches. That's the kind of thing. Cause right. The people typically, I know I do. I write questions in the Google search bar. Yes, that's, that is uh, Google's Google is going to interpret everything you put as a question. And their goal is the results are supposed to be the answer to your question or your query. And if you're, so if you are able to identify what are, how does somebody search for, you know, what it is that you do? And if it's a, a technical term that nobody's going to know, what are the pain points you solve around that? What would, what would be the ailments that somebody has that would, bring them to you. So for example, uh, let's think of something that's legal premises liability. That's a pretty legal term. Nobody searches for a premises liability lawyer. I don't even what, know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> what do they search for? They search for, uh, fell and got injured at work, uh, fell at a Walmart and got hurt or ah. terms like that. So premises liability is any sort of liability case that happens on somebody's private property, as far as I understand it. So if you're at like a private party, somebody left, uh, you know, uh, uh, an extension wire exposed, you tripped over it, got hurt, you might have a premises liability claim. Most people will search for something like slip, trip or fall. And so because of that, almost every personal injury lawyer you look at, they'll have a premises liability page on the website. It doesn't get any traffic because nobody searches for that. And even if you saw that page, you wouldn't know what it was. Interesting. So yeah, so but they know if I fell down somewhere, I could potentially get compensated for that fall. And so that's what they search for. Correct. So when you're able to identify what people will search for around that particular product or service, that's what you want to focus your uh, page on. Because that because even if Google understands that those are synonyms, uh, if somebody else has optimized those your page, their page for those more uh, generic search terms, if you will, rather than actually what it is, because people just don't know what it is, then your competitors, are, your competitors will show up. Even if Google knows that this is a synonym, uh, if your competitors have optimized for these terms and you haven't, then Google's going to serve it to them because they're going to be more confident that that's going to be the right page and the right result to show for that particular search. 
Okay, great. So what I'm getting from this, because I'm going to now say this is Poppinors, is I love a good landing page on my 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 website that is just devoted to like a certain modality. Like we have a certified prenatal specialist here at our day spa and people do search for prenatal massage and we always come up because we have this information. And also she has her own website that links back to our website and our website links to hers. So it's a nice kind of cross promotion kind of thing. But the other thing is, is that again, just like you said, don't like, don't be obnoxious about loading up terms and all because Google hates that like you know don't get bulimic with it where you're like all like binge eating and then you throw it up or don't do that instead be like I feel like being sincere is a good way to describe it you know like be sincere go these are the things we like to do and then this is a, like you said because you said earlier long tail but it feels like this is a long game like this isn't something that we can put something in because I was reading the success stories on your page and you even admit like a couple of like the law firms you've worked with for example they have said it took like three or four months and then all of a sudden it was like boom it was like magic um you know so it does take a little bit of time to get get Google's notice correct and sometimes it can take a lot longer. In some competitive markets, sometimes you're competing for years to gain certain positions. Or sometimes you can do everything right today and Google just doesn't respond to you properly. I was in a, and I've, I've written about this a couple of times. I can't remember what I titled it. Otherwise, I would say it so that you could easily find it. Um, actually, if you, if you were to Google Jared Spiewak, um, ranking factor is time, it'll probably show up. Uh, but basically what I did on uh, one of the brands that I own is I found a keyword that had zero competition. Nobody had a page that matched the right intent of the search, meaning the search results that Google was showing for this keyword that I searched for uh, were not as helpful as they could be. So what I did was I made a page on my website that explicitly targeted that keyword. So I was the only page uh, that I knew of because the top 10 on Google certainly didn't answer the question properly that properly answered the question that somebody was searching for. And I could see that it was searched for us often because I used Google search console, which is a free tool that everybody should get set up. It'll show you what people search for that your website showed up for on Google. If you got clicks where you ranked for it, et cetera. Um, but essentially I was the only page that I knew of on Google that answered that search properly. So technically this is a zero competition keyword. It still took Google four months to show me for that page. Now, granted, it almost immediately went up to number one because I was the only one really talking about it, but it still took Google four months. Over the course of four months, I got almost no clicks, or impressions, or traffic for it. It was showing up on like maybe page three or four. And then all of a sudden, it just suddenly shot all the way up. So Google, without getting into uh, how Google's information architecture works, not everything happens instantly. You could do everything you needed to do today to rank number one for every major keyword in your area, and it can still take you months to actually get there. Okay, I found the article. It is teambluedog.com forward slash ranking dash by waiting. That's it. I'll, I'll link it in the show notes, but yeah, that's awesome. interesting. All right, so let's say we're actually like my day spot. We're doing all the stuff. We have a professional website that's beautiful. We are we come up on search engines, but we're ready to say, um, I'll give you an example. We want to recruit some more massage therapists. And so I'm thinking now, we're just now starting to put it on our website that, you know, we've got a team page. We I don't know why we didn't have it before, but we finally did it. Okay. I'm not perfect, Spopreneurs. I have to listen to my own advice too. Okay. So let's say I decided like, okay, I want to rank higher than this. Let me try um Google ads because they always send you free ad money. They always are like, here's some free ad money for you to try. And it, it just tries out. It, it, 
the system, Jared, I'll be honest with you, seems so complicated that I don't even want to go into the Google ad like menu. It just, it's scary. It is. <laughs> I mean, it just, it's something that it would, like anything, it would be quite overwhelming for anybody that is new to anything. If you were to watch somebody who's been a massage therapist for 20 years explain the nuances that they put into to identifying all the particular uh, information that they need from a client that they're working with and how they use their techniques and how they what they've learned over time it's going to seem very overwhelming if you're just if you just have an interest in learning how to do massages in the first place so it's going to seem very overwhelming for anything that's new to you now what's really good though is that we have this amazing resource called Google and YouTube in which even if you want to do everything yourself you can you can just search in whatever type of business you are and you will find probably a 30 to 60 minute video of somebody step by step showing you how to set up a, a campaign for your exact type of business it might not work perfectly well for you but it'll get you there I will say what Google will try to do is to get you to use smart campaigns. Stay away. The Google ads has a lot of things in which I call the ignorance tax in which Google will use ways to, in my opinion, exploit the ignorance of advertisers who do not know how it works to get them to spend more money. Cause that's how Google, Google doesn't make money when you search for something on Google, Google makes money when somebody clicks on an ad on Google. And so what happens is with smart campaigns, which especially if you call Google support, they will definitely try to get you onto, you don't have all the control and features that you get with what Google themselves call quote unquote expert mode, which again is just supposed to scare you off because, oh, I'm not an expert. I don't want to use expert mode. But what happens is then you know, your results aren't nearly as good with their so-called smart campaigns. They'll also have uh, warnings telling you, oh, you have a 60% optimization score within your account make, or your campaign, making you feel as though that you've done something wrong. But if you go into the recommendations, if you tell Google that I just don't want to apply these recommendations, then all of a sudden your optimization score goes out, goes up. And sometimes the recommendations are spend more money or switch to, uh, you know, allow us to do this for you rather than you do this yourself. So Lou, we want to take some automated control, which sometimes can be good, sometimes can be bad. And so what happens is if you didn't know this, then there are various pitfalls that can cause you to waste money just because you didn't know. But luckily, there's so much documentation and resources out there that even if you didn't want to hire somebody to do it for you, even if you wanted to do everything yourself, you could have you know, hours of experience without ever spending a dollar on it because you've gone through all these help documentations. You've watched all these videos of people showing you how to set everything up and any aspect that you didn't understand, you could find another resource diving into bid strategies or how to come up with your cost per click or how to set up conversion tracking or if you're setting up conversion tracking through Google Analytics, but you don't have Google Analytics, you can search for how to set Google Analytics up. Uh, and so, yes, it can be overwhelming, but luckily there's also plenty of resources online where if you are going at it yourself, that you're not completely taking a shot in the dark. Yes. And you have two on your website, commafuel.com forward slash free dash stuff. Um, one is a keyword research automation, like a step-by-step -step keyword research free tool and video guide. And then you have one that's a free Google ads lead generation calculator. Can you talk about those? Yeah. Yeah. You're doing a much better job at promoting me than I am of myself. <laughs> <laughs> so well, it's just here's here's the deal. Here's the, before you get started on this. Here's the deal because you just said a bunch of stuff, and I agree with you. If I wanted to take the time, here's the thing though. I like to teach my spapreneurs that 
as the CEO of their business, like for example, Jared, were you the actual one to introduce yourself to me or did you have somebody who made the introduction for us, right? You offsort that. I, I forget agent, who was. Yes. Yeah, you have an agency. And, and there's a reason why, because you do this very well, which is explain this very complicated process in ways that I actually understand. But your zone of genius is not necessarily, hey, let me go out because it feels like, I don't know you very well, but you're more of an introvert. Like you don't, you're not comfortable making the introduction. So you're going to hire somebody who's like, hello, I'm here. Kind of like that. So- <laughs> I'm just saying, spotpreneurs, gather the information you can, but at some point, you will reach a tipping point in your business, if you're lucky enough, where you cannot do it by yourself anymore. And you will need to lean on people like Jared, who actually do this all day long. It's just like people who buy Theraguns. So Theraguns are these like, they look like machine guns, um, like a drill, and it basically massages you. And people can buy them on Amazon. People can buy them from massage therapy. But it does not replace the knowledge and the experience of an actual certified massage therapist who's gone through the education, gone through the training to actually work the muscles. So I want to be really clear about this. Utilize the free tools as much as you need to. I know a lot of you are either just starting out or you're just trying to figure this out. Absolutely do not invest in a system like this or someone like this unless you can actually afford it. That's number one. And I think, Jared, you agree, right? 100%. Okay. But so there is a ton of free stuff, but if you're at the point like I am where you're so busy, you're like, no, it's a really good idea to lean the jar. All right. So let's talk about these free tools now. I wanted to get that out of the way. <laughs> sure. No problem. Yeah. So the keyword research automation tool that you mentioned is, um, if you do go through it, it is a little bit more technical. I made it originally with the goal of, um, showing this for other agencies and there are, uh, which is pretty, um, cool, at least in my opinion, because it's like the first thing that I really put out there in a while where, uh, it's basically walking you through keyword research with an SEO perspective to make it a little bit less uh, daunting. And it'll, it's basically a spreadsheet that will uh, parse through some information for you, will organize the information for you and just take some of the monotony out of working with spreadsheets all day. Cause that's something that I actually enjoy that not everybody does, but it's very much so SEO focused. I can't off the top of my head, can't remember it's version two or version three. That's uh, public. Usually we'll run with our version for a while, find all the kinks and then make it public. Uh, so I believe this one does also add in some Google ads information. Maybe it doesn't. I'm sorry for not knowing that off the top of my head. I should probably know my own stuff a little bit better. Um, <laughs> but it is a couple of years old now. It does need to be updated. Uh, but then the Google ads lead generation calculator. What this does is you're able to put in some information in both of the free spreadsheets that come with them is you put in some information about your business, such as uh, in the more you know, the easier this will be to complete, but such as the average cost per click that you're expecting, uh, the uh, the budget that you have for your ads, the conversion rate that you either know that you have or that you're expecting, the lifetime value, which is a very important number for you to know, your close rate, which is also a very important number for you to know. So what percentage of leads actually turn into customers? How much on average does a customer uh, pay for you? And if and if you have a recurring business model, then what is your actual retention rate so that you can factor in uh, loss of retention during that uh, time period that you typically retain people in? But anyways, you put in all this information, and then it will automatically scope out the numbers that you might expect based off of different ranges where if you paid this cost per click at this conversion rate, you would get this result. But if you actually had a higher conversion rate at this cost per click, you'd see this result. Or if you had this higher conversion rate, but a lower cost per click or a higher cost per click, this is how it would look. So it just basically maps out some forecasting data. Now I will preface this, which is Actually, I should ask you this, which is when do you think that this episode will go live? Because it depends on how I phrase this. 
Oh, I will tell you. It will be out the week of June 3rd. June 3rd. It might be cutting a little bit close, but if not, I'll, I'll send you it after. So this might be a retroactive link that I send you, which sure. is we are create we do have a much more robust version of this tool, which looks at a lot more information. I'm just waiting on the landing page for it to be done. And then I can publish it. And I just don't know if it'll be done in time. So it'll be available on the website. Uh, I'll just say right now, if you go to cometfuel.com slash spapreneur, if it does not currently redirect, it will in the future, sometime maybe mid-June at the very latest, but it will be there at some point in time in the near future. And then you will be able to get a much more robust uh, version of this tool, which will help you forecast Google ads results based off of uh, not just what other tools do, which really bothered me about other online tools, which you put in like one single number. But what we want to do is we want to look at what a variable performance would be, which is if we estimate a range of performance, such as a range of cost per clicks and a range of conversion rates and a range of close rates then what would the best case and worst case scenarios be? Where are we likely to end up on that spectrum? And if we have a particular goal in mind, like let's say we're looking for a 3x return or a 200% return, then where do we need to be with all three of those numbers in that combination to hit that range of results that we want to be in? See, I like this kind of tool just because it will it would allow me as the business owner to kind of estimate and say, okay, especially like I would actually anticipate doing this, Jarrett, for example, for my day spa, we get super busy for um, searches about gifts right about starting like in October. So I would like to do this kind of research now to know, okay, how much do I need to set aside for say Google ads? in October? It, can I do it that way? Or is it right then and there? Or how does that, you know, does it make sense? Yeah, I, I think I understand. Um, for for something like that, I'm not sure that this tool necessarily would uh, be used for that. Because uh, at that point, you there's a couple things you have to factor in, one of which would be what is the increase in search volume for a seasonal effort? Uh, where where this could help you come in is if you have an idea of what results you want to get from that campaign and you have an idea of what your cost per click will be, you can map out where your conversion rate or close rate need to be. Or if you know what your close rate is, you can map out where your cost per click and conversion rate need to be to get that estimate. Because if you were to go on Google ads right now, you can go to the Google keyword planner and Google will tell you a range of cost per clicks to expect. And it might be somewhere between, uh, depending on the industry, they might tell you $3 to $15 per click. That is a pretty wide range. Mm -hmm. But then what happens is, so you might be paying 3 to $15 per click, but you might also have a an eight to 12% conversion rate. And you might close, um, let's just say 40 to 60% of leads that come your way, which means in the worst case scenario, you're closing 40% of people, you're getting 8% conversion rate and you're paying $15 per click. In the best case scenario, you're paying $3 per click, 12% conversion rate and closing 60% of people. That can be a massive range. And in some instances, that range could be you losing thousands of dollars a month or you making tens of thousands of dollars a month. So the goal of this document is to find where in that performance range you need to be in order to, one, be profitable, but two, also get the desired result that you're looking for. I love it. I love it. And we'll have the links to this in um, spapreneur.com. It's again, spapreneur.com forward slash EP158. 
Preach. Yes, 158. I had to look at my own notes for a minute because I've, I've written down so many notes here. Like I'm on like the third page of my notebook um, because you've offered so much good value. And I really appreciate you taking the time to speak to our spapreneurs. Again, spapreneurs want to remind you that if you enjoy this episode and you enjoy this free content, there's a couple things you can do for me. One is subscribe. I don't understand why you haven't done this yet. If you've not subscribed, I want you to take like five seconds. If you're in the car, you can wait till you're done being in the car. Like I, I want you to be safe, but seriously hit that subscribe button. So you're constantly, you're not having to go, Oh, I have to go. No, just imagine it comes into whatever podcast app you like. I don't care what podcast app you use. Jared, do you care what podcast app they use? No, not particularly. No, because it doesn't matter. As long as you enjoy that podcast app, that's all that matters. So that's number one. Number two, if you've enjoyed this interview or any of our other interviews, rate and subscribe the show because, hey, um, I'm an ego-driven person. I like to know we're doing a good job. Um, but also, the best thing you can do is head over to all of Jared's websites. They will be linked, um, but particularly... Um, um, the, with all of the freebies, cometfuel.com. Um, there's so much good information on there. The website is very clean and easy to use, which I very much appreciate because <laughs> in a world of websites, it's kind of nice to see just a very basic, like here, I, I love it. You go, this is what we do. This is what we don't do. And I'm like, this is great because in the world of SEO, I will say this, there's a lot of charlatans out there. There's a lot of snake oil salesmen. You have to be very careful who you hire. That is very true. Yes. And you don't seem like a snake oil salesman because I did Google you and look at reviews before I had you come on the show. So anyway, so yes, it is Jared Spiewak. Again, Jared, thank you so much. I always like to end my interviews. First off, is there any other place, any other thing you would like to promote, pimp out? What would you like to do first? Uh, yeah. So I would say that if you, while we did primarily talk about SEO, if you did want to get that free lead magnet on the Google ads side of things. It's not live yet, but once it does go live, you can find it at cometfield.com slash spapreneur and it'll redirect you there to make it easy for you. It, it What it is, is right as of right now, it is that uh, forecasting tool. It's just called, that's a lot of math because there is a lot of math in it, but it's part of what I'm calling the navigate the ad destroyed belt. And so if you are interested in ads, there are more tools coming out that are also free that you'll also be able to get through that. But if you're not interested in that, that is fine. You can find us at cometfuel.com. If you have any questions whatsoever, you can email me personally at jared at cometfuel.com. I answer all my emails. So I can't promise that I can get to you right away if you just have a general question, but I'm more than happy to help with anything that you have when I have the time. And that's Jared with one R y'all, not two, one R, just Jared. Yes, J-A-R-O-D. Because apparently there was a podcast where they couldn't figure out his name was Jared. I, I, I feel like that's a story we need to have over drinks sometime. Anyway, it is Jared Spiewak from Comet Fuel. And then finally, Jared, I love to end my interviews by asking this question. What is making you feel wealthy today? Um, that is a that is a very good question. You know, to me, it is a well, to be a little uh, very straight cut with the answer is that uh, our profit margins are quite a bit higher than they were in 2020 so far, uh, which is great because I've spent a lot of time working on our cash flow management system. So I was very excited about that. But in a more uh, general sense, um, honestly, just the, the freedom of everything that I'm doing is I used to work you know, 18, 20 hours a day, I used to have an office space. And sometimes I'd be there, you know, two, three days in a row, just sleeping on the very thinly carpeted floor, waking up, putting in a couple hours of work, sleeping for a couple hours and doing that for multiple days at a time, just because of how busy I was. And uh, you going into business by myself was definitely a step, step backwards in that regard. <laughs> uh, but over time, I've gotten a much better grasp on it. And being able to uh, essentially run 
my company how I want, because the reason I started an agency was that I didn't feel as though the agency that I wanted to work for existed. And being able to develop that over the past uh, three years after I worked for other agencies and freelanced for a while has uh, just enabled me to essentially do whatever I want to a pretty large degree and deliver results to people the way that I like to deliver them and communicate with people the way that I like to communicate with them without somebody telling me, no, you have to do it this way. So for me, that just works. And that is what you know keeps me going every day, if you will. I, again, I love the saying, I, I feel like I've coined it is that success is a personal matri- uh, metric. And I feel like you definitely have that because absolutely right. You should absolutely be proud of positive cash flow. Money is our favorite here at Spotpreneur because money allows us to do all the things we want to do. Whether that be get more massages or say no, thank you. And that's okay. So don't feel bad, Jared, if you don't like massages. That just means you're giving opportunity for other people to enjoy them. That's okay. You'll buy them for other people, just not yourself. That's okay. I'm not offended. None of them. And the massages, massage therapists out there are offended. Well, F them. I just, that, that's my theory on that anyway. All right. And it's Jared Spiewak from Comet uh, Fuel. Thank you so much for being such an awesome guest and explaining all this SEO stuff. It seems, it seemed way scary before and it seems much more approachable now. So I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on. Need more actionable steps to get your spa headed in the right direction? Head to spapreneur.com where we've got the tools, tricks, and methods to make your spa as successful as it can be. Spapreneur.com. Spapreneur.com.